The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So uh, what I want to teach about today, um, kind of a theme for these three talks that I'll give, um, I'm going to introduce with an analogy. So for, you know, I've been living here on the peninsula for some 25 years. And um, we'll have often gone hiking in the hills here and have often gone hiking with my wife who's a botanist and uh, worked professionally as a botanist in these hills here studying the plants. And I've learned a little bit about the plants from her over the years but I never really took an interest. You know, real, real interest, you know, until about a month ago. And, um, and uh, I started to ask her if she would, you know, help me learn the different plants. Started with the trees, and I learned about all the different oak trees that are here in the area, and that was fascinating, and other trees, and and then I started doing the understory, the plants and shrubs and different things. And um, it's been a delight. And it's kind of a, kind of an, a little bit of awe of how I always enjoyed hiking and being in nature. And But it was kind of just a, you know, a blur of green. <coughs> and now I see all these details. <coughs> and it, and uh, when I have those plants, I've remembered their names and it starts, I start seeing that, you know, just, it's very easeful. Like, oh, there's that, there's that. And like, the, it's kind of like going for a hike now. The nature has become three-dimensional, almost like that. I mean, you know, it's almost like the whole new dimension and it feels richer. I feel more engaged. I feel more connected, more present. It's e- and I find myself, you know, just looking and watching and studying and seeing. And I've even learned how to identify some uh, trees by their bark. You know, you know, just walking along, I see the bark. Oh, okay, that's that, and this and that, and and um, and then you know, becoming aware of the progression of uh, what flowers, what plants are flowering at different times. Different plants are flowering, and it's like, wow, look at that! You know, it's kind of like that's coming, and now that's fading, and the other one's coming, and so it feels much more rich, and I feel engaged, and in a different way of being pulled in and present. That is very nice. And I so I feel kind of very. And I find myself my interest increases to kind of get into it more. And so I'll, you know, our, our hikes have gotten a lot slower. <coughs> I, I'll, I'll stop and say, "What's that's that?" <laughs> and uh, and then and it's not just a matter of you know knowing the name, but 
then you know she'll have me well uh, uh, feel the stem and the different plants have different kinds of stems uh, f- uh, smell that one you know f- smell the leaves and they have different smells and and she'll take <coughs> off the flowers and show me the inside of the flowers and how the stamen and pistil are different in different flowers and and that, you know it's like oh, wow I didn't know there was all this was here <laughs> so it's been fascinating and you know engaging so <clears throat> the same thing can be true in meditation. It's possible to meditate and it's all just a blur. And uh, you can possibly have the idea, I'm, spo- yeah, I'm supposed to meditate, I'm supposed to sit and just get calm. That's the end of the story. And, uh, and everything that goes on in the mind is just a blur. And what goes on in the experience is kind of a blur of stuff. And yeah, just relax, relax. <laughs> or op- just be open to whatever's here. Would op- you know, just be open and... And, uh, and that works well for some people, and they can do it for 25 years, and <laughs> you, know, you know, and feel kind of relaxed and open, and it can be beneficial. Uh, but it's also possible to start learning the landscape, learning the plants, learning the different components of the inner life, and uh, and that becomes richer and more valuable, and and um, and there's many different species you have your your whole ecosystem in there right and different things flower at different times and you know and so um, uh, different things feel differently it's like the stems of different plants feel differently and and um, and so you can really kind of get into the detail and it starts becoming alive in a very different way and sometimes our relationship to the inner landscape can shift and change as we get to know it better Sometimes identification with it or the, or the clingings we have or the aversions we have to it are easier to do when we don't really know something carefully and well, kind of in detail. Some people are resistant to the idea of learning the details of inner life because it seems like work. And they don't want to work. They're trying to meditate to not work. And, uh, you know, because they work all the time or something. And uh, they want to break. Um, so, but how to navigate in this inner landscape and to have, learn, learn what's going on in there, that really understand what's happening there in a way that supports the relaxation or the freedom or the, the, is part of the art of all this. So what I'd like to do is to uh, do uh, some of this by describing to you that awareness, your ability to, pay attention um, is not a unit u- uh, a singular thing you know a teacher says you know okay sit down meditate and pay attention every single you know if there's a room full of like all these people here I bet every single one of you will do a slightly different or a very different mental thing you're told to pay attention because there's actually it turns out many ways of using attention and to simply say pay attention you know well you know, you might think I know exactly what the teacher means, but the reference point is what you think it means. But there are probably you know there could be dozens and dozens here in this room ideas of what that is. And um, and uh, there are actually many different ways of using attention. And as we begin learning the different ways, the different forms, different species of attention, then we have the ability to recognize what we're using in any given time and also have the ability to know what might be useful and shift the kind of attention we have. 
depending on what's useful. It might be a different phases of meditation, different forms of attention are useful. And so if you, have, if, you have, if you know what these different forms of attention are, you can shift accordingly. You can actually be consciously part of that. It's okay, now I'll switch. Or you're, uh, it might be phases of life. It might be that there are you know, different things that are going on and, and so different forms of attention are needed. Maybe when you're agitated, it's a different form of attention that's useful than the mind is really settled. Um, and so, so uh, you know, and so if you know the different forms of attention, you can apply the appropriate one. Some people will have only only one idea of what they're supposed to do, and it's a mismatch sometimes for what's actually happening for them internally. And so there can be dissonance between what's happening and the kind of tension they're using. And they're kind of like maybe butting their head against the wall trying to meditate when, you know, it's not really the right match between their experience and what's going on inside. So um, if you go back and look at the teachings of the Buddha, you find that uh, he has a lot of different forms of attention that he uh, instructs. There's not a singular thing. And, uh, and even if you look at the famous uh, discourse of his on mindfulness, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, in there you see he uses uh, different verbs for what we're doing for different experiences of what's going on. And, um, and one of the very interesting things for me when I started looking at this text carefully is um, it's the mindfulness text, right? So I, what I did was I went, see, went, went back and looked at it and said, well, it's the mindfulness text, so what does it say to, do, to, how to you know, what to do about being mindful? It turns out there's no doing in that text related to the word mindfulness. It's a mindfulness text, but it's mindfulness is not presented as a thing you do. It's like, well, wait, wait a minute. That you know, but there's a lot of other things that we do in the text, other ways of using attention, and um, and uh, and so I'll, as the day goes along, I'll talk. I'll come back to mindfulness, but for now, I want to talk about some of these other ways. So there are active ways of using attention. And there are what may be called passive or receptive modes of attention. And sometimes it's useful to be actively bringing attention. And sometimes it's useful to be in the receptive, more passive mode. But it has to be a match for where we're at. I think that if the mind is really caught up in major preoccupations, and to just kind of settle back into a passive, receptive mode, sometimes that just gives the mind free reign to kind of keep wandering off. Other times, it's exactly what's needed to somehow pull back and just kind of, and just be receptive, might pull the plug from all the ways in which we're participating, and that lets something settle. But, you know, one, one shoe doesn't fit at all. So which one of these two, the passive or active? And then there are different kinds of active and different kinds of passive attention that we can have. And so which one, you know, how, what, what are the different species? What are the different ways? So, um, <clears throat> um, the, um, in this text, there is um, a lot of emphasis on knowing. And the word is coming from, the, it really comes from the word to know, 
um, something uh, as opposed to more passive and kind of know you can some people you will use the word to know kind of in a generic way to mean just being aware but to know is to recognize and um, what's going on and that can be a little bit more active so what's actually no, what's actually what do you, what can you actually know so when I'm walking in the woods now with my wife or walking in the hills um, in the past, I knew I was in the woods. I knew I was out in nature. I knew those were trees. <laughs> you know, I'm not so lost. But now I know that's a coast live oak. That's a valley oak. That's a blue oak. That's a black oak. Uh, I kind of can recognize these things and I really know it. And so there's an act of recognition. And there's a a clear knowing of what things are. So if I'm following my breath, there's a clear knowing that this is an exhale. Clear knowing that this exhale that I'm experiencing in my chest uh, involves a, a, a release of the muscles around my, some of the muscles around that kind of whole area. But um, as I exhale, there's also a subtle pushing. And there's both a combination of releasing and it feels very nice and a subtle kind of pushing of the diaphragm as we do it, at least for me. And so this combination of kind of detail, oh, look at that, there's, there's a little release feeling, little pushing feeling, and just sensing and feeling there's movement. Um, there's a subtle movement, a separation of the vertebrae, not the vertebrae, the rib cage, the ribs, as I inhale, and I can feel the collapsing or the coming together, that little bit of space, as I exhale. I'm not working at it, but I've learned over the years, I've practiced all these little details around the experience of breathing. And if I engage myself in recognizing, knowing these details, then I feel myself being pulled into that world. If I, if I just think, you know, if I just hear the instructions, follow your breathing, it's so vague, that instructions, that some people who don't, who've never meditated before don't really know where to start. It's just a very vague idea. And they're just kind of vaguely with the experience of breathing. But it's possible to kind of be very familiar with the experience and it becomes alive with a richness, variety, and different things going on. For the uninitiated, it might seem very boring to know all these details about your breathing. But um, uh, I think maybe for the uninitiated, it might be, feel very boring to hear the idea that go up to the local parks and learn all these different details of different plants. But for me, um, to, lear- to be familiar with it allows for greater interest, a natural interest, a la- natural kind of alive kind of presence and engagement with the richness of the moment and what's happening and the kaleidoscope of life that's coming and going. And just like it's fascinating for me to be uh, out in nature, our inner life is just as much nature as the outer life. And to kind of connect to that, this amazing manifestation of evolution, amazing manifestation of, of the natural processes of life internally is not any different than watching, uh, you know, uh, whatever phenomena in the natural world you're watching. It's just, wow, look at that, how it evolves. And um, 
So the idea of recognizing is an active part of mindfulness. It has a, there's a, uh, so that's the word uh, pajanati. There's also the word that's related to it, sampajana, that the Buddha used, which is uh, usually translated into English as, I like, translation is clear comprehension. And uh, that's also like clearly comprehending what's happening. That's a little bit different than recognition, at least in my mind. I think of recognition uh, or as um, knowing. It's just recognizing or knowing, you know, specifically what's happening now. Clear comprehension is understand, seeing what's going on now and seeing how it works, seeing causality, seeing conditionality, seeing um, a little bit more the patterns of what's happening. And so uh, I might notice, for example, that uh, my breathing is relaxed and soft and gentle. And then I start thinking about, um, um, you know, my high school girlfriend one more time. And I feel that my, uh, my, my, my diaphragm contracts, my stomach contracts, and now my breathing is not so soft anymore. And so I clearly comprehend the relationship between uh, what I'm thinking about and how my breathing has shifted. So maybe that's, a, you know, it's a form of knowing, but it's a little bit more of a higher order or kind of overview knowing of what's actually happening. To, to be clearly comprehend that, how that works gives me a lot more wisdom and understanding of what's happening. If it's just all a blur, I say, I'm aware now that I'm tense and feel kind of uncomfortable, but what happened? How did I get here? What's going on here? And what am I, what am I supposed to do now? It's very different than if I clearly comprehend the, the causality, the conditionality from starting to think about this high school friend and seeing the emotions that arise, recognizing them, seeing the relationship between that and how that affects my breathing, it becomes a richer world to live in and pay attention to. So sometimes what's useful to do in meditation is to engage actively to do recognition and knowing. (coughs) And one of the ways that's done in our tradition, the Vipassana tradition, that sometimes some people find helpful is to use mental noting. And the mental noting is a clear act of recognition. And that's how it's uh, traditionally in understood in traditional Vipassana instructions that the mental noting is a kind of like a, a out loud in the mind and silently in the mind, uh, out loud um, and, uh, saying what awareness is recognizing. So if you feel, if, if what you're recognizing, you've gotten warm or you've gotten cold, you would say to yourself, warm or cold. It's a more active or engaged or energized way of recognizing what's actually happening. And sometimes that's useful. Sometimes the naming of it, being a little bit more emphatic about it with using the note, uh, keeps people connected, makes people more fully connected to the experience. There's the act of recognition is stronger. It helps us to really see it. It can, unless the mental noting uh, becomes automatic pilot or gets emphasized, that's the whole point. And then people will kind of actually get disconnected from their experience by how they use the mental noting. But whether you use mental noting or not, the focus can be for an active kind of active uh, practice is to recognize that this is what's going on. Oh, that's what it is. 
And, um, and so sometimes what we do is something's going on in our experience. Say the knee hurts as we're meditating. And so we decide, okay, I need to recognize and know what's happening in the knee. Let me look at it carefully. Uh, there are times when I've had injuries, for example, leg injuries, and I've done walking meditation. And I figure, in order to do this walking meditation uh, and do it so I don't aggravate the injury, I need to really know carefully uh, what kind of how to put my foot down, uh, the angle of my foot, the pressure of my foot, uh, how much to swing my foot, so that to kind of um, and know all the details of how the details of walking affects. Uh, the injury. And so that's an active engagement of recognition, of knowing, of clear comprehension going on. And, and in doing that, I get the information that's needed in order to walk well and carefully and not to aggravate the injury and maybe even walk in a way that helps the healing. And um, so with that injury, what's called for in that, the attention is a kind of much more active attention. In daily life, that's often needed. We need an active, sometimes engagement, what's going on in the present moment to see the details. The advantage of learning all these details in our meditation practice is that after a while it becomes second nature. And then it becomes a richer world to go into and it's much more captivating. It's much easier to stay in the present moment because you know the, you know the landscape, you know what's going on. If it's just all just a blur in there, uh, probably uh, whatever preoccupations you're thinking about is going to be more interesting. There's more detail there. <laughs> there's more drama there. There's all kinds of more, much more, right? Rather than this blur of the inner life. <clears throat> so to spend time get, getting to recognize and comprehending this inner life uh, might seem like work initially, but this is part of the territory of uh, what one of the ways we can practice is to use this clear comprehension. To balance that, uh, there's also ways of practicing which are more receptive or passive. I don't, know if passive is, I don't know if passive is the best word to use because some people just go to sleep when they hear that. But um, the uh, you know, more, more receptive and allowing than active. And so we're allowing something to be there. And so one of the ways of using awareness is to be an observer to observe and uh, rather than knowing. And so now the emphasis is not to clearly understand what's there, but the emphasis is settling back and just observing things as they come and go, observing what's there. And, um, and, f- so, and uh, so to kind of, so uh, some people find that if, uh, by observing, they are not involved with in what's there. They're just kind of stepping back. They have a bird's eye view, perhaps, of what's happening. Uh, there's a lot of fear. And they find that they just kind of take enough steps back from a distance. From a distance, uh, it's a lot easier to be aware of the fear and just observe it. And how it shifts and changes over time. Some people find that it's, it can be very helpful to just be an observer of the stream of thinking. And, and just watch it go by. And rather than, you know, being involved. And... Um, and so to discover how to kind of be in the, in the passenger seat of the car rather than driver's seat and just not try to do so much, not try to accomplish anything in meditation, but step back and just, okay, just, just watch and have the mind open and aware and, and watch. 
um, is a uh, you know some some Buddhist some some meditation traditions use the language of being the observer, uh, which can be very liberating compared to being the doer. In Buddhism, we tend not to use the language of being the observer, but just kind of being the observation. You can just observe the thing. You know, take that idea of self out of it and just observe. And sometimes what's helpful in meditation is uh, to do that. Sometimes it's not helpful because that passivity of just observing, again, it just makes too easy to slip into the strong streams of thinking that are going on. And then it might be more useful to use recognition of the thinking and what's going on with thinking and have, you know, and that's what gives you a handle on it. But sometimes it's useful just to back off and just observe. Sometimes it's useful as the mind settles and gets concentrated and less distracted more in the present moment to shift to an observing mode because then the mind is ready for that. It's not ready for it maybe when you first sit down. And so you have these two modes that we can go back and forth with. With observing, uh, it's possible to shift and change uh, how close you observe, the distance you have. Uh, Sometimes it's useful to kind of get really close and observe something intimately. So like you're feeling pain, sometimes it might be useful to feel the knee pain really closely. Be an observer of it, but feel it up close. And that's kind of what's most helpful. Sometimes the very, very same pain at a different time, it might actually be more helpful to not be up close, but to observe it from a distance, kind of like really kind of back off, back off, and just kind of, oh, it's way down there. And that distance creates uh, uh, less reactivity around it. So we have these different choices about how to use awareness. And what, I, and what I'm trying to, and that whole analogy about the, learning the plants, uh, it was used to, I wanted to point to this, to make this point, that part of what the species, the ecosystem we're learning, is in fact the different varieties of attention, qualities of attention we can have. And um, recognize what's being used, recognize what might be useful. And then I think it becomes much more interesting and engaging to do the practice and to make, uh, figure out how to do the adjustments that are supportive and helpful for the deepening and, and freeing process that goes on in the practice. So I could say a lot more. There's much more to be said. I'll say more as we go along. I'll give a short talk at 5, 4.45 and then another talk in the evening where I'll pick up and continue on this theme. But I think hopefully I, I've kind of made the introductory point uh, that uh, is useful for the kind of introduction to this this theme, and um, and so you might you know in the afternoon that um, or even during this lunchtime and lunch break you might kind of relax maybe more in the sense of observing uh, 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 what forms of attention are operating for you at different times if you uh, are making some hot water or the hot water machine we have there, especially if you've never used it before, uh, what forms of attention are you using to figure out how to make it work? You know, how are you studying it? How are you looking at it? What are you learning? You know, are, you know and uh, are there t- other times when, you know, you've finished eating your food and you're sitting there 
do you switch to more in observer mode? What you know? How do, what? How does attention shift and change in different settings? And, um, maybe there's a loud commotion here in the building, and a- after a minute or two of it, you realize you just were settled back in the observer mode. You just watched. You were completely the observer. You know, or maybe you got into analyzing the situation and you were kind of trying to comprehend and you were engaged more actively and involved. So none of this is right and wrong. It just, how does your mind work? What are the choices? What are the different ways you pay attention? Um, and over time, you'll learn a bigger, bigger repertoire and that'll help you with the meditation, help you with your life, help you uh, discover how to be free in different settings. Because the, the kind of attention we use has uh, some bearing on how free we are about with what we're paying attention to. So we'll, we'll, I'll continue on this. <laughs>